Oh, what's up, folks? It's another edition. It's, you know what? It's uh, the New York, New York edition of Hitting the High Notes Jazz Talk. It is I. I am here, uh, Hootran. You can follow me on Twitter at Jazz High Notes. That's at Jazz High Notes. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm going to tell Marnay right now, go ahead and you can stop listening. Logan is not on the podcast today. Jared is not on the podcast today. Bringing in a very special guest. He is the host of the Shaw's Law Podcast at Shaw's Law Podcast on Twitter uh, is Rob Shaw. What's up, Shaw? What is going on? Um, I can't believe you didn't plug the one of the best Twitter handles in the world. Hugh <laughs> oh, that's right. That's, yeah. that Who transferred, man? You're right. Yeah. No, no, no. That's gold. <laughs> that's gold. Uh, I, I like to. Well, the funny thing is, like, I now work in like the sports industry. And my job, like, I had to put down, like, you know, my outside projects. So I, I, I sent them to HR. Um, the company I work for, I don't know if they would love me having this podcast, but they haven't said anything yet. So I'm just like, you know what? Let's try to separate church and state for a little bit here and um, uh, keep it going as long as possible. So especially since um, we, we went rated R in, uh, in season four, we, we decided to make that the, the season of four letters, uh, four letter words. So we were able to start going explicit okay. and, uh, and now I can say damn, damn ass fuck, you know, so. Um, but yeah, so we're here. Uh, so I'm having you on because, like, number one, you had me on your podcast a couple of years ago. It was really fun. I got to talk. You, you did a whole thing where you went around the NBA, talked to all 30, you know, people from all 30 teams to figure out uh, what was going on. Um, you're, you're a big NBA guy. And two years ago, like, we, we got on, and I don't remember exactly what we talked about, but the, that was the year the Jazz were the number one team in the NBA. You know, everything was looking great. Everything was looking good. And here we are in uh, the the year of our Lord and Savior, 2022. And uh, my God, um, things have changed <laughs> drastically in Utah. But it's a rebuild. Yeah. I feel like rebuilds can be fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and uh, we, 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 we like Jazz Twitter, you know, as we call them, uh, they're divided. Um, a lot of people are, are very sad because, like, a lot of people liked Donovan Mitchell. A lot of people liked Rudy Gobert. Uh, and losing and both those guys in one off, you know, in, in the span of a month and a half. Uh, seeing what the Jazz did last year, there, there's a lot of people who are not fans because like a rebuild. You know, the Jazz are probably going to be. I mean, I think the hope the Jazz are like the Jazz want to be bad for at least one year, maybe two, but they don't want to be bad. But there's a you know a rebuild can 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 be three, four, five. You know, look at the Kings. The Kings are the Kings um, started rebuilding in in, in 2004. And you know, uh, you know, spoiler alert. I think the Kings are going to be very improved this year. But I mean, it's been twenty-ish, you know, fifteen-ish years since the Kings were, were relevant. So, um, but yeah. So uh, now I'm having you because I'm having you because like you're a New you're, you're not a Knicks fan, but you're a New Yorker. So yeah. you're like you're kind of the heart of that stuff. But you know, you're a big NBA guy. Like I said, you 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 like talking NBA. You watch the NBA. Uh, you're really in the NBA. Not when when the Two jazz trades. Well, how did you feel about the Jazz last season coming off the, their number one seed and seeing um, that they kind of shit the bed? I so I just the Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert thing. Like us in the media, we need stories. But like at, at some point where there's smoke, there's fire, and it came out during the COVID season. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, like it hit us, like the rest of the world inside Utah, or like people connected to the team might have already known there was friction between. Mm-hmm. Donovan and Rudy, but like it hit like me, who's a very casual jazz observer. And like, I don't think it ever stopped. I think it was very similar to, um, 
hey, you got to break up Damon CJ or you got to break up DeMontis Sabonis and uh, Miles Turner. It was one mm-hmm. of those things where after eventually it just has to happen because they're reading about it. Their families are hearing about it. It, it becomes it becomes a distraction. Right. And you can only say but so many times. Like the only, winning cures all. If you win a championship, just like Kobe and Shaq, you can get over it. Mm-hmm. But like without that, there's always going to be those little grumblings. And I sort of, I kind of got it, especially because like theirs didn't seem basketball related. Like theirs seemed like it had started with basketball, but then it turned into I don't actually like this coworker mm-hmm. was my interpretation. So like I, I was very cognizant of that going into last season. Like, hey, if they if they shit the bed here, one or both of them is going to get moved. Now, did I think it would be both of them? No. I thought they would start with one and hopefully haul in a player equal or greater right. than that player and then keep moving on their trajectory. Yeah. And um, it's interesting. So number one, like, you know, we're talking about the, you know, everybody who's listening in Utah knows the unsalvageable and unsalvageable moment. The, 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 the Woj bomb, like, you know, he was like, Oh, the, the relationship between Donovan and Rudy was unsalvageable, which is at the time was a little crazy. Cause like there wasn't that many rumblings about it. Like everybody in Utah, not a lot of people really um, thought that was going to happen. And then, you know, the playoff, the bubble playoffs happened and the jazz, uh, blew out three one lead, but then the next season came back and everything looks fine. Uh, but there was, you know, something boiling underneath the t- uh, attention because uh, one of my co-hosts, even I'm a, a Dragon Squatch, uh, he would come on and talk about guys like it may not be, you know, like everybody's everybody on Utah Twitter was going at Woj, but like he would just he's like say there, there might be some friction. It may not be awful, but there's at least some friction, and I think you're right. It kind of grew. And, you know, that little smoke, you know, started a brush fire and then it became a whole a wildfire. Um, and so and the other thing you talked about there uh, that I thought was interesting, um, like about moving the peak, because, I mean, last season was not fun as a jazz fan. Just you, you saw all like everything. you It was like Jenga. You pulled the wrong brick and it just started. It started crumbling very quickly. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was hard. And um, at the end of the season. I think a lot of jazz fans were, were looking for a change and they had asked beat writers and uh, a lot of beat writers were saying, if you're going to move one, you're probably going to have to move two. And a lot of people were like, okay, so Donovan is only 25. Donovan Mitchell is only 25 years old. Um, moving on from him is, is, but getting some, I mean, people have talked about the, and we'll talk about the Rudy Gobert trade here in just a second, but people were kind of hoping if you're going to trade Rudy Gobert, you get somebody back to be a running mate for like John Collins was thrown out there. Um, and it, it's funny. I, I didn't know. Mike Conley for Miles Turner. I don't know if other other guy was out there that you could have paired with Donovan to keep them in title contention. Uh, the Jazz the Jazz were unfortunately asset depleted because they used a lot of assets to get Mike Conley, a lot of assets to get Boyan Bogdanovich, um, and I think there was a lot of talk about tr- trying to rebuild with Donovan, but they kind of decided that the odds were better to maybe just try to get you know 23 and 24 are supposed to be very strong NBA drafts. And if you can get a, a top pick in those um, areas, like they probably thought that was probably the way to go. What would you, so, I mean, we, we were, we'll talk about Donovan, but the Rudy Gobert trade happened um, uh, early July, um, you know, across the nation. We're like, Whoa, that's a, that's a huge haul for a, a 30 year old center. Um, 
How do you feel the Jazz did in, in that respect with Rudy Gobert and the Minnesota trade? So I feel like when you just look at the Jazz's offseason in totality, Danny Ainge is there, correct? Yes. It feels to me like Danny Ainge owed New York some favors. Like it legitimately feels like Danny Ainge was like, hey, I don't like the Knicks coming to our playoff game to openly scout Donovan. (laughs) So I'm not dealing with the Knicks. And – Hey, you guys got me uh, got a championship contender for Boston where I was for a long time, where I played by the Nets essentially giving us all their draft picks. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this massive haul from Minnesota Mm -hmm. and it's going to be such a massive haul and such an overpay that it's going to ruin the Kevin Durant market. So the Nets are going to be able to keep him. Yep. Because that's essentially what it did. Like it broke the market because if Rudy Gobert commands essentially five first round picks because they also got Kessler Walker, who yep. was or Walker Kessler. Walker Kessler, yep. Who was the um twenty first pick in this draft. So it's essentially just another draft pick. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's the Rudy Gobert haul, what does Kevin Durant get you? Right. It, it skewed the marketplace. So he helped the Nets. And kick the Knicks in the balls at the same time. <laughs> yeah, like that's a it's somebody on Jasper. I wish I had saved the tweet because they said the same thing. Like you know, a week after the like, because Kevin Durant hadn't moved at that point, and they're like, oh my god, Danny Ainge now playing 4D chess by ruining the trade market and keeping Kevin Durant out of the West, keeping Kevin Durant from going to the Suns, um, in, in a way. Um, and so yeah, and obviously at that point there were still talks about retooling around Donovan Mitchell. Uh, again, like the best I can come up with at that point was Miles Turner, like giving up Boyan Bogdanovich and Mike Conley in separate trades to get Miles Turner and uh, Colin Sexton. Um, and I, that, I mean, that team is good. You know, Sexton, Mitchell, and Miles Turner. That team's, I just, I, I don't want to be good. It's I mean, NBA if, if, purgatory. Yes, That's exactly. Like, it's NBA purgatory. It's right. You're not going to get a high draft pick to get better. Mm-hmm. Yes. But you're also going to be just good enough that you can't win anything. You're mm-hmm. you're a middling playoff team, mm-hmm. and and I think that a lot of Jazz fans were fearful of that because like there there wasn't just if you lose you know Rudy Gobert has some flaws, but that guy's a top thirty player, you know one of the best four centers in the league. Um, uh, still has a, 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 at least a few. I mean, at least I, I think at least a good few more years uh, on the tires there. Like I mean, I don't think he's just going to fall off the, the face of the earth. Um, and you give Rudy Gobert, and all they got back were, you know, they got a lot of draft, they got a lot of future, but, but nothing that can help them now. So, I, to retool around Donovan Mitchell without getting another, you know, great player back would have been really hard. And I think um, uh, that's why they took that hard pivot. Now, like what you know, I mean, the Donovan Mitchell trade may have made more waves because Donovan Mitchell is a bigger name and happened, you know, a, a couple weeks ago uh, when you saw that trade, you know, to to the Cavs. Uh, number one, you know, everybody had been reporting Knicks, 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 Knicks. And every once in a while, back, like, oh, maybe the Heat, maybe the Cavs. And people thought it was just another posturing move. Uh, something we say on this podcast a lot is everybody lies. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of um, a house MD. So that's where I get it. everybody lies because there's no good reason to tell the truth. Um, and, uh, you know, the, now we're going to look at reports that New York never got back to the table or New York made too big of an offer. Um, but, you know, hearing he, Donovan Mitchell going to the Cavs and not the Knicks, uh, how did that, um, uh, how, how did you um, uh, feel about that? 
so when Mitchell came, like when that was announced, it kind of blew my mind. I immediately called my brother. He called me because like that's what we do when there's a big trade. And he was like, well, it sounds like the Knicks package was better. And then like in the coming days, like all the reporting of this is what the Knicks were offering. And some of it is like it's. I don't think it's tough to say that the Knicks have pissed people off this offseason. Mm-hmm. Like their behavior, um, they didn't Dallas didn't like what they did with uh Jalen Brunson. Brunson. Um, but Jalen Brunson was a free agent, free agent, and there wasn't much they could do. Like they got the Knicks banged for tampering. But like showing up to the playoff game, they didn't like when they did that. Um, Utah didn't like it either when they did it. Like the Knicks were very brazen in their, hey, these are players we want and we're going after them. And in the Jalen Brunson situation, it worked out. But I do think that this partially burned them with the Jazz. And I don't think, I'm not, I'm never going to insinuate that Danny Ainge um, got frustrated and wasn't professional and didn't take the best package for his team. But I do think that frustration of, hey, I don't like uh, the way these guys do business I might be able to convince other people in the room that I like the Colin Sexton package better. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, so, and we talk about it because like, even after the trade came out, they're like, oh, well, this was the package and the Knicks never got a call back. And again, this is all, all posturing because it makes certain fan bases feel better. And even jazz fan bases like, oh, well, you know, the Knicks never really offered that or, you know, the jazz didn't really want RJ Barrett because they didn't want to pay him four years and a hundred and like 10 million or whatever it was going to be for his extension versus Colin Sexton's four year for 72. Um, and it, it, again, I, I, I see reports and to me, it's like, that's interesting, but I'm also not going to take that as gospel because, you know, it's always damage control. There's always going to be something that's not quite true in everything. Uh, you know, maybe Donovan Mitchell publicly or didn't publicly say it, but maybe he privately said he wanted out of Utah, but again, not gospel. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. You know who loves um, who? Adam Silver. Adam <laughs> Silver. Like, there's yeah. nothing better than when it's, there's no games being played and the basketball is in the news cycle for yep. something positive or, or transactional. Right. Like, um, it is where, like, the NBA, you know, is way behind the NFL, but except, except for the trade deadline and probably the offseason because of, of, of all the... Like, We've managed it, to make ours a 12-month sport. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that so. is what other sports are going after. Um, the, and that is where the NFL wants to be with the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where baseball has tried to be for years. That's why they have the midwinter meetings. Mm-hmm. It's to drum up some talk during our downtime. The NBA has found a way to master that. Yes. And it is not lost on me that the NBA is a lot different with its um, copyright than other sports. You can find <laughs> NBA highlights all throughout Twitter and Instagram, it's much harder for others. It's much harder to find other sports because they are a little bit stringent with their copyright. And the NBA has said all publicity is good publicity. Mm -hmm. So if influencer X with 10 million followers wants to post a a Colin Sexton highlight or an Evan Mobley dunk, we want that because that's just getting our product out. And that's why we are the fastest growing game globally. Yeah, NFL and and college. As a sports producer, um, NFL and college football are extremely hard sometimes to get the, to get the right highlights because you have to get them from certain sources. And um, um, yeah, so I agree with you there. And so 
I mean, so these are big trades. So the Jazz, you know, you said it. You know, this is how you rebuild. You you go through a rebuild, and it's it's not fun for fans because like you're telling your fans, hey, look, we we have some young talent. We we do, but we are trying to get a good draft pick. And and by getting a good draft pick, you you got to lose a lot of games, and that's not fun for fans. But you know, the it's not fun for fans who like to watch year year by year. But for fans who are like, all right, cool, this is a a chess move five years down the line. It, it's exciting. And so um, after the trade happened, like a, a lot of jazz fans were very happy to dunk on Knicks fans. Cause there, there was, I mean, pre-trade Knicks fans were very, uh, not all of them, but there, there was a good number of people coming into jazz mention, jazz has mentions and talking about the jazz had no leverage. You know, the Knicks were bidding against themselves. And um, I don't know if I made this like controversial statement on the last, uh, uh, last uh, episode, but like, I think if Knicks fans are, Really bought bought into Quentin Grimes and R.J. Barrett, then they they should be happy that they that you know they should be happy that they didn't give up a lot of future picks to get uh, to not get, uh, to to get Donovan Mitchell. However, if you uh, if you're not quite sold on those two, those future picks actually may not be, and and maybe they're just trying to again make their own truths to make them feel better about themselves. So you're you're there, you're in New York, um, and you probably know a lot of Knicks fans. Um, what do you what is the sense of like New York like missing out on Donovan? Like I know there's a lot of talk about, hey, you know, we don't want to give it too much, but you're also you you don't have Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> so, you know, so New York born the, and raised. The pulse is kind of so uh, just how you said that like Knicks fan like jazz fans took this opportunity to dunk on Knicks fans. Yes. That's because Knicks fans were being brazenly told, hey, we're getting Donovan Mitchell by the front office. Like the front office was very transparent in, hey, this is our target. And that's what rubbed Danny Ainge the wrong way. And I assume that's what rubbed Jazz fans the wrong way. Like, hey, this is our superstar. We have the rights to him right now. Mm-hmm. Why are you talking like we have... Telling me I have no leverage would have drove me nuts as a Jazz fan. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> no, no, it just would have because it's like, stop, you guys want something from us. Like the things you're offering back, we're not even all the way in on them. Like, I didn't see, like, I'm sure there were some Jazz fans, um, particularly because you guys did have Quinn Snyder as a coach, and uh, I believe he has Duke connections. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there's some Jazz fans that overlap with Duke fans that would love to see R.J. Barrett there. Right. But for the most part, I didn't see a ton of Jazz fans like, oh, man, we're getting R.J. Like, it was Nick fans like, hey, we're getting Donovan. So that should let you right. know who the prize in the in the picks were. Yes. Or in the, uh, in the players, right? Yeah, like I mean, Donovan was definitely the the main piece, and I mean, Knicks fan. I mean, if you're the Knicks, I think I think if you're the Knicks organization, th- there is a lot of um, there's a lot of logic. Like we can't give up the you can't you can't give up every young player, you can't give up every pick because you've still got to be able to build, especially when you have like Julius Randle on two or three year contract, Evan Fournier on a three year contract. Like you know, you, you don't want to get Donovan. And kind of be stuck without a future because you know you, you're going to be capped out because you have a lot of high value contracts on your roster. But I, I think if I'm an fan, like okay, you get Donovan Mitchell on the roster, you do have to give you know you might have to give Quentin Grimes and Obi Toppin. That sucks to use lose young players, but what are the chances that Toppin and Grimes become as good as Donovan is at age 25? Probably not likely, I assume. They're um, slim, right? And the picks that the Knicks were offering were at least what we heard. And what I do believe is an unprotected 23, which if you get Donovan Mitchell, 
not that excited about an unprotected 23. That's that's probably going to be in the 20s. An unprotected 25. All right, that's a little bit later on. So there's there's a little bit of variance, but you also assume that the Knicks will still be pretty good in 25. Um, not not wanting to budge on the the 27 pick. That's I find that interesting because, I mean, if you're you're the Knicks, you got to hope. And I, I saw a lot of Knicks fans were talking about how the picks for the Knicks were going to be more valuable than the Cavs pick, which I thought was very ironic that like Means you think your team is going to suck. Yeah. You're, you're, you're saying that your team's going to be worse than the Cavs and like, it doesn't make any sense. So um, the Jasmine got three unprotected picks, what they wanted from the Cavs. Two of them are in 27 and 29, which um, Donovan Mitchell has an off that clause in 25. So a lot of things could change at that point. I, you know, it's interesting. Uh, so, I mean, uh, so, I mean, uh, so yeah, you talk about the pulse about the Knicks fans. Um, how, are, are they feeling okay now that, you know, that they don't have Donovan Mitchell? Are, are, are they, are, I think a lot of them have moved on and like, all right, cool. We didn't get Donovan, but hey, RJ Barrett time, Quentin Grimes time. Um, uh, I, I know that they don't like Tom Thibodeau, but like, um, uh, how, how do they feel about losing out on a guy that they, so some, they, of the, they, some of the Knicks fans I talked to, um, equated it to this and i thought it was really smart like hey if those packages for donovan mitchell are what we actually had to give up it would uh, feel very reminiscent of when we had to give up all that stuff for mellow mm-hmm. yep because they they gutted that team it left amari um tyson chandler winds up being there but he might have been an off-season acquisition the following year but like they they gutted that team that was what made Denver so good later was that they had all this depth because the Knicks gave up everything and like this and no disrespect to Donovan Mitchell, but I don't even think he's that level of, I don't think he's the same level of the version of mellow that the Knicks got. And it's so some fans like the smart ones were like, Hey, this feels like we could have been giving up far too much. But then there's also Knicks fans that are like, hey, I don't know that a Brunson-Mitchell backcourt was going to have enough size, but it was going to be the first time we had two young, explosive guards in quite some time. This is a franchise that historically trades its picks. Um, I want to say at one point uh, there was something like, hey, they haven't re-signed one of their own draft picks since blah, blah, blah. 1999, Charlie Ward. I think Charlie Ward won a Heisman. He wasn't, he was better at football <laughs> than he was at basketball. Like, what are we talking? I'm thir- 1989 is damn near 33 years ago. <laughs> and like, and it's not like they haven't been drafting high. Like not 1999 is what I said. So, um, oh, yeah. well that's yeah. Still, but that's, 23. Yeah. 23 years ago. <laughs> too long for it to yes. be, to have, have homegrown talent hit a second contract, not Nate Robinson, not, David Lee, um, not we couldn't even handle Kristaps Porzingis. Mm-hmm. Yep, like it's so it's a real thing. Um, but before I lose my train of thought, I thought the two players you guys got in these deals, the two uh, rookies, yes, are pieces of winning culture. Ochai Ajbaji, the Ochai right? Ajbaji, um, from um, MVP, uh, um, yeah. that dude is going to be a ten-year vet. He can shoot the rock and he'll defend. He's athletic. He's so he was the he was like a top 10 pick. So like I I know this comparison isn't what you want out of a top 10 pick, but there's a lot of Danny Green in him. 
like yeah, just a a knockdown shooter, a professional, a dude who's going to impact winning, and you want that kind of guy on your team. And uh, Kessler, Kessler is very yeah. much the same way. He's a big guy that's going to block shots. I wouldn't be surprised if he mans the middle for you guys with Gobert gone. Mm-hmm. And you guys want to be bad? Hey, let's get these two young guys as many reps as possible. Right. I think in the future, when you uh, short, when you get that one talent who makes everything go, mm-hmm. that those pieces could be very great to have around them. Um, particularly Oche Ibachi. Uh, Ibachi. He's just he's just the kind of dude you want in your organization. Okay. Yeah. Like I mean, I I haven't done a lot. I don't watch a lot of college ball. But um, uh, Oche, you know, just a, you know, another. Hey, he's young. He's a rookie. I'm I'm fine with that. Give it. I mean, because you're gonna rebuild. You you do. You just want to get some young players that they're probably not gonna be as good as Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert. Like we 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 all accept that. But if you can get somebody like if you can get somebody on a rookie contract that can be like you can see become a third or even second banana, you're like okay, that's something that you you got in. Um, and when, when you're tanking, like the Jazz are probably gonna tank this year. It's, you know, there, there there are certain years where tanking is a really good, like the 2023 draft. I mean, Victor Wembanyama, um, uh, Scoot Henderson. Like, I mean, there, there's a couple, there's a couple top two prizes, but also those other like you know p- picks three through 15 could be really solid too. And so, I mean, you try to get, you know, you're hoping for one of those top two picks, but even if you miss on the top two picks, you're you're gonna get somebody at three to you know three ten. That could be really good too, and then 2024 I think is the double draft, so you know there, there's a chance that if you're bad in that one, you know that's when the high school schoolers can come out, a whole a whole new avenue there, so more talent in those two drafts. So if you're gonna be bad, there's there's certain times when being bad can be beneficial because of the way the draft works. I um, brought up Scoot Henderson and uh, yeah. Victor Webinyana. So yeah. it. Uh, Jonathan Gavoni tweeted about 20 minutes before we got on the pod mm-hmm. that they will be playing on October 4th and 6th on ESPN as an owner of every goddamn draft pick in the world. <laughs> who, how many people and who do you want at this game as a Jazz fan? Where do you who do you want from the front office there? Oh, um, I mean, you're setting GM like just uh, a Boston Globe article came out that Justin Zanuck was actually like. Danny Ainge gave Justin Zanuck, the GM, the parameters. Like, these are kind of what you want to get. But Justin Zanuck was the guy on the phones doing the negotiating, putting all the pieces together. Uh, so Danny Ainge, you know, like, we, we all give Danny Ainge a lot of credit, you know, here in Utah, everywhere. Uh, but the Justin Zanuck still, you know, cat, I joked about Justin Zanuck uh, finally got a GM job. And then they hired Danny Ainge three months later to to usurp him. So I don't know what is true and what's not. But uh, so, yeah, send Justin Zanuck. You send... Uh, Danny Ainge, Ryan Smith, the owner, the the governor, the owner is going to be there because he's got the money. Um, but yeah, I, I think you send you send you send out. Um, uh, th- those are the guys. D- Dwayne Wade will probably be there because he he owns a minority share in the Jazz. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, yeah, those are the guys that are going to be there. Those are those seem to be that, that's the brain trust that the Jazz are doing. And you know, as, as much as I dunk on Ryan Smith, I you know if he, if he's going to plant the flag saying okay, we're going to build right now. That I, I I am willing to give him a few years to see what his vision is going to be, um, and you know Vegas is not that far away. I you know Danny Ainge and Ryan Smith are probably gonna light it up with all the Diet Pepsi's they can in <laughs> in uh, in Vegas. But um, uh, but yeah, like for those guys, 
for Victor and for Scoot, yeah, those are the those are the four I expect to see out there. Okay. Like we, the the Jazz used to have a uh, their head of scouting, Walt Perrin, who's now with the Knicks. Um, a really smart guy, and I hope they have I hope they've hired somebody in that same vein because Walt Perrin was very good at. I mean, he was part he was a big reason why the Jazz drafted Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. So, um. And so and so I, I said this on the last pen, and I'm, I'm going to expand about it more that. I think all three teams kind of came out with what they want. Like the Knicks, I think they really wanted Donovan Mitchell. But you're right, they 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 didn't have. The, I don't know if they would have gutted their team, but they definitely would have. They would have made a, a huge choice. Um, and I don't think all their pieces fit with Donovan Mitchell. Like, you know, you have R.J. Barrett, that's great, but you already got Jalen Brunson. You know, if you got Donovan Mitchell, you're committing to a small backcourt for the next three, four, or five years. And I think that's the thing that people aren't. I don't know if the national media not the national media but like the casual nba fan realizes that donovan mitchell is is tiny six one he's like like some people list him at six three like i've seen Mm -hmm. him in person he's he's tiny yes like with the with the real like you know when the nba a few years ago did like the real heights like they're gonna remeasure everybody and do real heights or whatever like the jazz pa announcer still announced rj um uh rj royce o'neill and um uh donovan mitchell by their like their listed heights like Donovan was six three, Royce was six seven, but in reality, those guys were six four. Uh, Donovan was, and that's why the Jazz had problems because they they were very small. Mike Conley is six foot. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, yeah, they're tiny right. things, and if he's yep. not going to be a primary point guard, uh huh, like it's tough because if he's the primary point guard, you pair him with another big wing, right. and that's fine. But him and Mike Conley is small and you can get away with a little bit more because Mike Conley such a or prime Mike Conley was a ferocious tenacious mm-hmm. and smart right. on ball defender um that's not the rap on Jalen Brunson right now not right, and right that's not the rap on Donovan Mitchell right now he's shown he can defend at a high level when he wants to but it's not it hasn't been as consistent as I think yeah. we would like and I so I think the Knicks I don't want to say dodge a bullet because like they missed out on a, a really good player but for I mean the problem is that it was it's the problem is that they gave money to Jalen Brunson. They have a lot of money on Julius Randle. They have a lot of money on Evan Fournier. Uh, and if you get Donovan Mitchell and you give up a lot of your your young asset pieces, it's I mean the Jazz felt it when they got Boyan and, and Mike Conley. It's really hard to get better when you put those eggs in that basket. And if, if it works out, great. But if it doesn't work out, you're stuck. And that's what the Jazz kind of felt like last year. Um, like it had to work out with Boyan and Mike because their ages and everything, and they were stuck. So. In a way, I think the Knicks probably, I don't want to say, again, they didn't dodge a bullet, but um, uh, they don't want to give a lot, and that was the price they paid. They, they let Cleveland come in and take away. Um, so the Knicks lost out on Donovan Mitchell, but it may not be the worst thing. Now, Cleveland, Cleveland gave a whole lot, right? They got three unprotected picks, two pick swaps, um, and some interesting players. Colin Sexton, who they didn't really want back, but anyway, I, I think it was him for free. Right, yeah, I think a four-year, seventy-two million dollar deal is not bad. I mean, I don't think it's. I mean, Colin Sexton has some deficiencies, but I mean, this guy also was a twenty-five, twenty-four point per game scorer two years ago before his injury. He's got talent. Um, maybe he's not your number one, but maybe he'd be number two, number three, and you, you have a chance to let him grow. And and Laurie Markkinen, a, a former top seven pick, um, uh, he's only twenty-five years old. He's got height. He's killing it over in Euro basketball right now. Um, uh, you know, uh, he he's got height. Um, I mean, the Cavaliers were playing him at small forward or something uh, last year because they had they were doing triple towers. Um, 
but he can shoot the ball, so he he's interesting. Um, maybe not long term plans, but he can also be used at, at the trade. Like, oh boy, if he if he um lights it up, somebody at the trade deadline might be good. Yeah, we need him. We need Laurie Markinen as our our number two. You know, like we saw the Wizards trade for Kristaps Porzingis. So you, you might be able to make Laurie Markinen into a, a, a sub Kristaps. Uh, you know, at, at his height type. Kristaps uh, at, at his peak, right? Um, uh, trade him away. Um, and the Jazz got, you know, the, the 300 protected picks were the big things because, like, they're 25. Like, the Jazz have enough picks in 23. Like, getting another late 23 pick is not going to do very much for them because it's not, it's not the NFL. You're not going to be able to package three picks in the 20s to move up to a top 10 pick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but, you know, it is, uh, it's nice to be able to defer now in 25 they got to pick. In 27, who knows what happens in 27. Donovan Mitchell might not be there. Uh, Garland, Mobley. Uh, Allen might not be there. Like that team might be worse off in 27 and 29. Again, the further you go out, the more variance um, uh, is, is built in. Skin. Yeah, but the Cavs also made the Cavs. Uh, Darius Garland's 20, uh, first time All Star at 23, 24. Um, Evan Mobley at 21 looks looks like he he, he could be amazing. Deal. Right, Jared Allen 24, another first time All Star. So if you're the Cavs, like that does a problem with the Jazz. They Jazz had 30-year-olds playing around with the 23, 24-year-old Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is now the oldest guy of a very young core. If that team continues to win, he might resign in Cleveland. He might, like, I don't think Donovan hated Utah. Um, he, he might, like, I mean, Cleveland's not a huge free agent destination, but Donovan Mitchell, I don't know if he's, like, in his mind have, or has already decided 2025, I'm going to New York. Um, uh, there's a good chance that uh, in 2025, if the Cavs are, in the Eastern Conference Finals, year in and year out, um, uh, there's a chance that, that Donovan says, I want to stay here. There's this core of these guys around me. These are the guys I want to play with for the rest of my career. So, you know, that's the best case scenario for Cleveland. So they may not even care about those future picks, <laughs> you know, so it might work out well for Cleveland. And for the Jazz, if you're going to rebuild, this is, I think, you have to go all in. You have to plant your flag on uh, you rebuild. know, rebuilding or, you know, like like blowing it up. Like they, they essentially blowing it up and so um you said something and i just want to put it into perspective for people yes colin sexton averaged 24 points per game in the nba i'm going to give you a name and this player has cracked 20 one time and i think we all think of him as a pretty explosive scorer andrew wiggins no (laughs) jamal murray jamal Murray. yeah okay has cracked 20 points per game one time in his career. Mm-hmm. And I think we've, we well, he battled you guys in the playoffs, so you guys right. saw it firsthand. Mm-hmm. But I think we think of him as like a big-time scorer and and because he's had big-time playoff moments and we haven't had seen Sexton get that opportunity. Mm-hmm. But night in, night out for the bulk of a season, he was 24 points a game in the NBA. Like that's that's a lot. Like I wouldn't... I wouldn't be surprised if he was at 26 tonight or 26 or 27 in Utah. Right. It's because there's opportunity and he's shown that he can already score in this league. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, so again, it's like there's some people on Jazz Twitter, a really advanced analytic people who are like, oh boy, 72 million for Colin Sexton. I'm like, $18 million a year with the cap the way it is. I mean, he's, he's what, 18 million a year is like, 15 or 14% of your salary cap. Like it's hard. And, and maybe it's cause I'm 
from the Andre Karolinko days where like, oh, the Jazz gave a seven-year max to Karolinko and that really hurt the Jazz for long-term. Like, with the way NBA contracts are now, they're so short, four years. Like, I mean, it's easy to move an 18 million. I mean, Boyan Bogdanovich makes $18 million and I think that's fair. You know, that's a, and Boyan Bogdanovich, you know, he, he's a scorer and not much else. But what, so, if you're not paying Sexton... Who do they want to pay? You're going to have a bunch of rookies in the next coming years. Mm-hmm. Those are small contracts. And just from a business perspective, the last thing I want to be doing is making stupid moves to hit the salary floor right. so that I don't have to divvy up the extra money amongst the players. I mean, I, I don't know if the salary floor is because, I mean, again, like, you know that this is going to be your floor regardless. Like, whether you, you're paying a contract to somebody or just divvying it up, that money's a sunk cost. It's gone anyway, right? But, like... Having, I mean, for a team that's rebuilding, look at the Thunder. What you do is you have some cap space to bring in other assets to get more picks or more young players. Like, all right, like the Jazz did. The Jazz sold the Thunder Derek Favors contract and gave up a first round pick for it, you know, protected first round pick for it. So, because the Jazz are not, you know, you're not going to use salary cap when you're rebuilding to bring in. You're, number one, you're not going to build, if you're a rebuilding team, you're not going to bring in a, a high level free agent with money. Number two, if you're Utah, it's hard enough to bring a free agent with money anyway. So use that cap space to just collect more assets because you have to build through the draft. I mean, look at that Celtics did, right? They kept Marcus Smart drafted. They drafted uh, Tatum. They drafted Jalen Brown. So, um, uh, yeah, you you build through. The Jazz are going to – they've made the decision to be bad. I mean, the Jazz historically have been bad in in drafts. They've made so many bad draft picks. You know, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell aside, they made a lot of bad draft picks, and that's kind of hurt them. And so they've tried to get rid of, you know, Dennis Lindsay. They tried to get, you know, they brought in Danny Ainge, who made those Celtics picks. Who made those stellar picks, because mm-hmm. I can list off a couple more. Like, you gave the big ones, but right. they did. Uh, it's Brown. It's Tatum. Robert mm-hmm. Williams is one of theirs. Robert Williams. Mark Smart right. is a homegrown one. Mm-hmm. Um, Peyton Pritchard's not a world beater, but he's also somebody that they Solid. brought in that was effective. Aaron mm-hmm. Neesmith. Mm-hmm. Like that—that's where Danny Ainge gets crazy. Is yes, always oh, draft time. Right, he can he can evaluate. Yeah, like I'm uh, the Jazz. I'm uh, it's it's one of those like, you you they hit big on Rudy Gobert and on Donovan Mitchell. So that's something like it's hard to do that. It's hard to hit big, especially when you don't have a top five pick. But all their, they they missed on Desmond Bain. They missed on Herbert Jones. Um, they missed on uh, what's that guy? Uh, J- uh, Josh Hart. Like they they've they, they've had lots of plenty of misses too that guys that were in their range. So the, if you're gonna if you're gonna commit to being a team that builds through the draft, they have to get better at drafting. And I don't I, I mean I, I'm not saying they will or won't. I'm just saying okay that that's what you've planted your flag. I am going to give you a couple years to show me that you can do it. You know so and um, the, there are times when the Jazz have had like the the year that Malone and Stockton left the Jazz. The Jazz went 41 to 41 and, and missed the playoffs by uh, one game. That was that was a fun season. That was great. Um, and you're like, okay, well maybe the you know the Jazz had had 20 years of excellence before that. Well, maybe not 20, but you know 15 years, 10, 15 years of excellence before that. And um, you're like, okay, yeah, like this, this is gonna be good. And then they bought them out. You know, after that, the the after the Darren Williams trade in 08, 09, whenever it was. Um, they kept Millsap and Jefferson. This was where I thought they made a mistake by not bottoming out, by holding on to trying to make the eighth seed. And that set them back for years after that because they didn't have a lot of high-level draft picks and they 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 weren't building. And that's why that took a little longer. 
um, this why I think this one's a little bit different. Like they they've committed, and we'll see. You know, I don't I don't know where Boyan and if Mike Conley can get traded. Jordan Clarks. I mean, looking at this, so I'm gonna read off some names that the Jazz have here, uh, veteran wise that didn't come in trades. Uh, they've already traded Pat- Patrick Beverly away. Uh, we're assuming they're not going to trade Sexton or maybe Markinen, maybe Markinen. Um, if, if the Jazz, if the Jazz really want to be bad, you know, you know, uh, there's a couple other players there. Uh, Tht came in. Um, they they're bringing back Boyan, Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley, um, Malik Beasley. Is oh, sort of so interesting for him. I, you I, are okay. Malik Beasley is that that kid can really play. I would be. If I were a contender and I wanted to shore up the bench, he's yes. somebody that I'd be looking at long and hard. Yes. And so, um, uh, do you, I mean, you've seen, you know, we've seen the Russell Westbrook to jazz trades. Like are, what other like names do you think are other teams? I'd be interested in some of the jazz pieces, like Mike Conley, Boyan, JC, you said Malik Beasley is somebody. So Who Malik else? Beasley is somebody that I think he's our, he Denver drafted him originally. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't think they would be against reaching back out. Um, they have Jamal Murray with an injury history. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Porter's back. He might as well sit in the same chair that Phil Jackson used to coach in. <laughs> yeah, well, MPJ, we don't know. Like, uh, with it, he's he's got a, a a storied history of like some bad injuries. And... So, so like a, a bona fide bench score that you mm-hmm. can plug into the starting lineup when you need to like that's somewhere where i would be looking for real like i think malik beasley couldn't find his way back to denver would you give up bones highland uh for malik beasley i'm super high on bones i i think he he can really shoot the ball and he's improving as a ball handler but if you if think denver's that- number one at the trade deadline but you know they're, they're they yeah, think they're. Yeah, you think that you your window is open and that Bones Highland is more effective three years from now, but Malik yes. Beasley's the better player right now. Then you have to make that move because your window's open. You have a right. two-time MVP. Um, assuming if if their window is open, that means your team is finally healthy. Mm-hmm. So you have to swing. You have uh, to swing. And, and that's where the that's where the, the Jazz are not like. It doesn't always have to be picks. It could be young players coming back. Like, all right, cool. Here's a former first rounder. He's good. But again, if you want to go to the next level, Malik Beasley could be the guy that pushes you to the next level because he's a veteran. Uh, we've seen him score in bunches. He's been scoring bunches. I don't. Again, I don't think he'll ever be an all star or anything, but he can be a very useful piece for years to come. Um, Mike Conley is on a two. He's got he's got about one year, twenty five million this year. He's a partially guaranteed like fourteen million dollar contract next year. What kind of team do you think? Could I mean it makes it hard because he makes twenty five million. Um, the Jazz are no longer <laughs> going to be dumping picks to get rid of contracts. Is he a buy guy, or is his number too high? His his number's kind of high, but like I mean, I mean you, you if you're going to buy him out, you're basically buying him out because you want him to go to a contender, right? Yeah, you want to help him out. And yeah. I'm, I don't know how the Jazz have moved in there, but like he seems like a right. Miami seems like a place like they already have Kyle Lowry and they're similar enough. Mm-hmm. Um, where else? There's my my is hard. My is a hard one because like it just the money makes it hard. And so like yeah, you, you have to find a team that needs a, a pick and roll point guard to get you to the next level. Um, but you know you have to have salaries that the Jazz can take back 
not it's not like long term salary. Like the Jazz aren't going to take Jordan Clark's uh, salary back. That's be moved. Jordan Clarkson. I'm. Uh, it's interesting because like last year I thought the Jazz were hoping to move Jordan Clarkson because they just as fun and as nice he is. Like he makes a lot of money to be just a bench scorer, and I'm not quite sure the Jazz biggest problem was trying to get uh, points off the bench. Um, but last year it felt like I don't think there was a lot of suitors for Jordan Clarkson. So I wonder if this year. Do you think Jordan Clarkson can get back a protected first round pick in in uh, in the draft? What are the protections? Like, pre- let's say, let's say, top, let's say, lottery top, protected. Top, yeah, top five, top eight. So if I was, I I would do top eight. Top I would eight? do top eight if and it doesn't have to be twenty three. Like maybe twenty five. You know. Um, no, uh, no. See, I want to keep them. Like it, it, my GM philosophy is mm-hmm. just like yours. Like. Hey, the further out, the less yes. the, the less I want to make the deal. Like, if you right. want to give me something in 2029, I'm all for it. Okay. But I don't want to give you anything far out because, like, like, do you know what happens in throwaway trades where you don't protect things the right way? Darko Milicic. Okay, Darko's a great one. Um, Kyrie is supposed to be a clipper, but they didn't. Jason protect- Tatum. Damian Lillard. Gerald Wallace trade. Okay, there's only three guys we like in this draft, so we're not going to protect it past three. Mm -hmm. Damian Lillard. Like that's what happens when you don't protect things. So I like just do your due diligence. And once again, if like any of these were like contender making trades, it's fine. Like actually, the Darko one is fine because they win a ring. Winning cures all, like we said earlier. Mm -hmm. I mean, just just because they missed, it sucks. But they actually had the opportunity. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like winning cures all. Winning right. cures everything. So if you think Jordan Clarkson takes you guys over the top, mm-hmm. you got to make a move. Right. Um, how about so Jordan Clarkson? Um, uh, um, protected for so Boyan Bardon. Do you think Boyan Bardonovich has more value than Jordan Clarkson? Yes. He's a, he's a few years older, but he's yeah. he's six seven. Obviously, he can shoot the lights out. You know, he's he he gets he, he's not a great defender, but he's he's big, so that helps. He's dumb. He, he's a good team defender. Like, um, not uh, understands where to be, like, doesn't do great, but like, I feel like he's overall, like, I'm getting more defensively from him than from Clarkson just based off the sheer amount of space he takes up. Yeah, like, you know, he has size, and I think that helps. Um, but I've also seen videos of Terrence Mann or so, like, in that Dallas series, I I was like, Boyan is always your guy hitting the corner three. Like, uh, I can't remember who he's uh, who Dallas was having just shoot threes. And, and Boyan's back was turned to him the whole time. So, um, but Boyan, okay. So Boyan, I, would, would you give up a twenty twenty five pick for Boyan Bogdanovich? A twenty twenty five? Yeah, like you, 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 you're, you know, top five protected. You're, you're gonna have to give up, you know, an eighteen million dollar contract uh, to get him. Like, if you're the so like one of the the Lakers are like, if you if you trade away Russell Westbrook, I expect. If you're the Lakers, you have to give up a first round pick if you, to dump. Uh, you should, Westbrook's, yeah, Westbrook's contract. A lot of Lakers fans are like, "Oh, well, yeah. If you do that, then the Jazz will also give up Clarkson, Boyan, and whatever to make the money work." I'm like, if you're gonna get Boyan and Clarkson, you're gonna give up another first round pick to get those guys too, or a swap. You you need to sweeten it somehow because now we're giving you two players that can help you, players. taking away Russell Westbrook, who not just has a huge contract. It's sort of a cancer to your team right now. Um, uh, he hasn't played well in almost three years. Yeah, and so 
it, but Laker fans are not willing to give up the two first round picks for that. Um, uh, which I, I do understand again, like if you're the Lakers, you know, giving up future picks is, is not great when your your best player is 30, how old am I? 38. So 38, you know, 37, 38, 39 year old LeBron James, uh, giving up picks in 27, 29, not, not conducive to what you want to do, but their window is open right now, right? Their window is, is, is there. It? Is it? I, I mean, I mean, look. If, if I you think get, Lakers if, fans think it's there. The way that roster is set up, mm-hmm. I don't really think their windows open. Like, I think they need yeah. to make if they now if they make this move that we're talking about hypothetically, I think it right. opens the window more. But I think they're like a another killer away. Like the idea was LeBron, AD, Russ when they thought mm-hmm. Russ could still be that kind of player. Yep, that was a mistake. <laughs> he can't be that kind of player, right. LeBron. In AD since the bubble have not been able to right. I mean, get it's part, going a lot of it was injuries, right? Injuries to both players have like at different times. So if they like again, this is sort of a stretch, but if you can keep AD healthy and get the best out of AD, and then you know LeBron, I don't know, he just he doesn't look like he's going to slow down anytime soon. Keep them healthy. You you got those those are the two hardest pieces right there, AD and LeBron, and you know they they brought in some veterans. I mean, yeah, but if you, if you can put the, the you know, what, what other pieces do you think would make the Lakers interesting? I mean, Boyan and, and Clarkson or Boyan and Conley. Um, Boyan and Conley is not trash. No, it isn't, right? Um, but I think the I think for this Lakers team, like I haven't looked at their roster thoroughly, but I think Clarkson right. might be more effective because like a nice heat check guy is important. Yeah. And LeBron's teams normally have like the, the LeBron teams that win – with the one exception of Anthony Davis, have had a secondary ball handler mm-hmm. who really gets buckets. Like he won with Kyrie and he won with Wade. Right. Like with the exception of Anthony Davis, like LeBron teams, he likes a secondary guy who can put the ball on the floor and might be wired more to score. Like I know it's wild that he's going to be the game's all time leading scorer in playoffs, regular season, everything, and that. I really truly believe he's not wired to score. Mm. Like he's just he's just so good and has the ball so much that he's going to get points. Mm-hmm. But like his primary objective, I don't think has ever been about scoring. No, that that makes me sad because I traded this is two months ago. I traded um uh, Lori Markinen in a package to get Anthony Davis in my in my um uh, thirty man um uh, dynasty league. So <laughs> I need him too. Uh, but all right. So again, going back to the Jazz Lakers trade. Um. Let's say, you know, because now Lakers fans are saying that they have leverage because the Jazz are two people over the map. Like, the Jazz have 17 players, and they cut down to 15. And I, I think it's very funny that they're like, well, the Jazz have to get rid of. Like, the Jazz don't have to get rid of three players. Like, the, the option to cut players is still there. Like, would you, you rather get the Lakers a favor? Right. Like, would you? Yeah, obviously, the Jazz would rather trade somebody instead of cutting them. But if it comes out to like, all right. I guess we're taking Russ back, getting one draft pick, and trading away Clarkson, Boyan. Like the pieces of Boyan, we just talked about Boyan Clarkson by themselves could probably net you, maybe net you some extra draft capital um, by themselves. Uh, and that's without taking Russell Westbrook back off your hands, off the Lakers' hands. And uh, if it comes down to it, the Jazz probably have two players they can just cut. Or or trade or 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 trade to other teams with the Lakers like teams like fan bases get so entitled. Yes, they have two players they need to get rid of, so of course they're going to trade with us. 
or they'll yeah. trade with the other 28 <laughs> like teams that are out yeah, there. Yeah, there's, there's other teams out there that you can trade with. And so that's a big one. So they, they have uh, 29 options. You are not the only one. Yes. And that's what, and, and the Jazz have clearly shown that because the Knicks, Knicks, Twitter was like, hey, we're the only thing that we're the only team that can make room for Mitchell. We have the best package. Mm-hmm. And it just goes to show, no, there's 28 other teams. There's the team you want to trade with. There's your team. And then there's 28 others. Right, exactly. So that, that, that's it is one of the and all fan bases get entitled. And that's fine. That's that. That's why we do. That's why you and I are having an hour conversation so we can slow it down so we can take more than 280 characters to. Yeah explain our thoughts um, uh, and talk it out. Um, so real, real quick before we leave here. So the Jazz get Colin Sexton, Laurie Markkinen, um, Ochai Abaji, uh, and uh, three unprotected picks. The pick swaps are there too. Or would you rather have RJ Barrett, um, Mitchell Robinson, two unprotected draft picks, uh, a couple second rounders, and a pick swap? What, what package do you think is better for a rebuilding team? So for a rebuilding team, it's the Cavs package. Okay. All because right. it's right. not um, – none of those guys are already established. Like the most established one is Colin Sexton, mm-hmm. and he was in a in a contract fight with his team. So like yes. he's not – like R.J. Barrett is the third pick. Mitchell Robinson was a home run of a draft pick, and he just got paid. Mm-hmm. So like those two pieces like – they accelerate your rebuild a little bit too fast. Like those guys are going to be just yes. good enough yep. that you guys are picking at seven Eight. or yes. twelve exactly. instead of with like even if Colin Sexton goes full on twenty twenty two Gilbert Arenas and turns into thirty points a night, you guys are still probably picking in the top five. Yes, and there's exactly. and like I don't need to tell you, but there's easily st- you can find studies anywhere hey this is what return on the first pick looks like multiple oh, yeah. all-stars hall of fame and it drops with every single pick right so you want to give yourself a chance seven and twelve mm-hmm. and three and five even is massive right i mean uh, I, I remember when the jazz guy top three pick when it was the Kyrie year and that, that was Kyrie and Derek williams i believe and i was like oh crap it was a two-man draft and the Jazz got number three and picked Ennis. I mean, that draft ended up being really well, but at the time there was no clear cut number three. And Ennis Catcher was fine. And I don't think he was an awful pick, but for the return, like at number three, you probably do want somebody better than a solid rotation piece at three. But right? got Derek Williams at two. Yeah, I mean, and Derek Williams. I mean, and and again, that's also draft luck, right? So, but the I mean, the Jazz had no chance at getting Kyrie because you know Kyrie is going to be number one. You yeah. Know? And it's so, like, um, the difference between one yep. and three, and yep. it gets it just gets worse the further down you get. Yep. And you and you do want to be and so yeah, that, that, that those are two big things that like I, I thought the Jazz didn't want to get RJ and I guess Mitchell Robinson. Uh, I didn't even know that he was in the until it came out after uh, that they were in the trade package. But yeah, like you you want to be you don't want to be again you don't want to be okay you don't want to be fighting for the play-in spot. You want to make sure that you are a bottom four team because you want to have a chance that. You know, being a top four or five pick, you don't want to. You want to be, yeah, or be really good. Like the yeah. mid round in the NBA is miserable, and that and that's where um, a lot of people are. At least for me, like I'm, like I'm glad the Jazz had planted a flag. Like my whole tenure as being a Jazz fan has, they've been content of being pretty good or really good. Uh, even in years where I'm like, oh boy, like it's it is fun to be pretty good, really good, but like to go to an elite level, sometimes it's just hard to take, take that step. 
Um, and the other thing was that RJ Barrett and Mitchell Robinson were up for big money. So not only if you got that back as a jazz, like, you know, it's, say they, they did accept the offer for RJ and Mitch, all of a sudden your cap space is gone. Like you're not in the luxury tax, but now like instead of 18 million for Colin Sexton, you're paying 27 million for RJ Barrett. And I don't, I'm not quite sure there's a $10 million difference between those two players. No, um, on top of that, just the idea of their, so some of it is just who they are as players. Mm-hmm. Went to Duke. He's the third pick. Like he has a lot of notoriety. Like Colin Sexton is cool. He went to Bama. He was a McDonald's All-American. Like he has some notoriety too, but like it's not on that level. Like RJ Barrett played with Zion. Mm-hmm. Like having that guy in the fold, like almost might signal to your fans a message you don't want to give. It might say, hey, this is the the rebuild is over. We're trying to win with this young core. And that might not be the young core you want. Why do I want that young core if the Knicks are trying to give me that young core? Yeah, exactly. If somebody's like, trying to give me the young core, mm-hmm. it's probably not a core. Yes. So, uh, and again, for Knicks fans, if if they're, and from what I've seen, a lot of them, or at least the ones, the segment that I've been in, the spaces I've been in, they are content. They, they think RJ Barrett, he's got to make a leap. You know, if if he doesn't make the leap, then that, that contract's going to look pretty bad in a couple of years. Uh, Quentin Grimes, and you, you just got to hope that guys like Quentin Grimes and Obi Toppin do live up to their potential that they've seen, but it's not it's not a guarantee. Like um, uh, Davin Mitchell from game, you know, from from game one, looked like that dude. Like um, uh, he exploded against New Orleans um, uh, a month and a half into the season and was just on a rocket ship from that from that point on, you know. Um, and Quentin Grimes and uh, again, those guys are good players, and you hope that they become maybe third bananas. But Donovan Mitchell was. You know, he, he's a top 25 player, top 30 player in the league, a multi-time all-star. So, again, I think all teams, for what it's worth, probably, you know, and we'll see. Time will tell which team really made out the best. Uh, but as right, right now, I think um, uh, all teams have done what they want to do. And um, uh, it could go well, and it could also go badly uh, for all three teams. So it'll be interesting to see. Can um, I tell the Donovan Mitchell story real quick? I know we yes, got to please. No, no. Yeah, right, go for it. So... The Jordan Brand Classic used to be in New York every year. It was the greatest thing ever. Me and my brother always went. Um, and they have two games. Well, there's a bunch of games, but it's an NBA arena. So once you go in, you can't leave. So if you if you stay there all day, you're rich. Because if you want to eat, you got to buy arena food. <laughs> so we would always go for the last two games, the regional game and the national game. Donovan Mitchell is in the regional game before his season at Louisville. He doesn't move. It's him and one other dude on the break. He spins off of him, and you know, it, but doesn't take a dribbling two steps. He does a spin like a, a pickup spin where mm-hmm. it's his two steps. And like once he does that, I'm like, oh well, his options here are clearly he's got to lay it up because he's given up his two steps on this spin. Q, when I tell you he dunked this ball into the matrix. He dunked this shit so hard that, like, my brother and I immediately looked at each other and said, wrong game. <laughs> he was in the wrong game. He wasn't <laughs> supposed to be in there with the regional kids. Right. Um. There, there's been two times that has happened. It was him and Dante DiVincenzo, and it might have been the same year. Those two dudes were in the regional game, and they were supposed to be in the national game. 
And like, I always kept an eye on Donovan Mitchell since then. Um, I'm a Kentucky fan. He went to Louisville. So it was like tough rooting for yep. him. I loved him. <laughs> um, so he does that. And then I'm like, well, maybe he had like a freak moment, but he gets on campus at Louisville. And I don't know if you're going to remember it like me, but he, he shoots the ball. Like he shoots a three-pointer. The three-pointer goes in. And then on the bounce, after it hits the net, he windmills it. <laughs> and like I'm like, and the like he's one of my biggest regrets. Him and Carl Anthony Towns are two people that I was I was in early and I should have been beating the drum. Right. And I didn't. I should have been beating the drum on Donovan Mitchell because I liked mm-hmm. him in that draft. And after a month, it was still Jaleel Okafor on most NBA draft sites. And I knew Towns was better than him. And I got scared and didn't stick right. to my guns. And then by draft time, Towns went one. And I like, you can't tell people, yeah. I knew it. I knew it. So, I was on him. I don't have it on tape, but I was on him. I didn't tweet yeah. it. I don't have it on the pod. I'm excited. So when you like, so again, you, you host the Shaw's Law podcast. And uh, have, when are you going to, are you going to, are you going to start the uh, offseason NBA stuff again this year? I, I definitely would like to. It was a giant task. I, I happened to have COVID when I did it the first time. Oh, so, boy. Like, no, no, no. That made, that made it work. Because oh, okay. the heart of COVID right. and like I was quarantined and like what is there a three hour difference between me and you? Uh, a couple hours at least, yeah. So there's a couple hours between you and I, so I can only do it from three after I get off work. Right, right, right. No, with COVID, it was yo. I'm free all day. It doesn't matter what time you. Do. So like that really helped me facilitate. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, uh, and, and, um, uh, I, I mean, uh, <laughs> we're talking positive COVID has some positives and, um, uh, you, cause like, like when, when you or some other podcasters are like, oh yeah, we're doing all three teams and like Utah, they'd usually do alphabetically. And like, we get to Utah, I'm like, oh boy, it's, it's not going to happen because you write 30, 30 podcasts in a month and a half span. It's, it's hard. It's like, it's, um, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's taxing to, you know, be on, do the podcasting, do the, and then edit posting like notes yeah there's there's some time so um you know be prepared f- to talk about stuff and uh anyway like i mean i hope we do get to talk again this year because as a fan man I, I, am i bummed like rudy gobert is someone who it's very hard to find a player who truly like i believe rudy gobert if you gave him the choice he would have stayed in utah he would have gave utah discounts he would have dirt and whiskeyed the jazz like he he would have been fine donovan mitchell i'm a little wary if he would have done that but regardless, you know, if you took it out, if you took all that out and like not have the fear of him pulling a Gordon Hayward on the Jazz and just leaving, I think um, uh, Donovan Mitchell um, um, just had an attitude that was like he was a guy that, you know, from his rookie year felt like he was always fighting, like punching above his weight. Like he wasn't supposed to, you know, he's the 13th pick. He wasn't supposed to be an all star. He wasn't supposed to do all the like, He's 6'1. He's not supposed to be a dunk champ. He did all this stuff and like, all right, cool. You, you can, it's so hard not to root for a guy like that. Um, and, and it's hard. Like the jazz have never had any, like even Darren Williams was not as explosive as, as Donovan Mitchell and didn't have quite the, like Donovan Mitchell is a, a brand name. Like, I don't know if Darren Williams was ever the brand name that Donovan Mitchell is, well, you know? Yeah. So, um, cause there's always that Chris Paul, um, uh, mm-hmm. on, on, on Darren Williams, um, uh, back there, even those two years when I thought Darren was, Head and shoulders above Chris Paul. Um, the unfortunate thing is that Chris Paul's still in the league and Darren's not. But yeah, Donovan Mitchell, I'm a you know on a rocket ship. Sure, but Darren was, Williams boxes now. He Here does. He does box. Yes. Um, uh, Donovan, I'm uh, just it makes me sad because 
the Jazz don't get that those type of players. You know, you don't, you know, you don't get those type of exciting players that gets eyes on your brand. Like if you're the if the Jazz are on national television, it's because Donovan Mitchell is on the team. Um, and it's 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 really hard to lose that. And so anyway, if we, if we do get a talk, uh, I'll, the, the fan of me, that's how it feels. The podcaster in me can turn that off and be like, well, yeah, you know, but the way the Jazz were last year, the way you know I've seen Jazz teams go. You need to build for the future, and I can turn that off as a podcaster, but as a fan, it's, it's a bummer. So, oh, we'll definitely be talking this season. Yeah. Don't you worry. Um, uh, so yeah, go go ahead and promote whatever you need to promote your Twitter, your Instagram, your your many many pods that you do. <laughs> All right, um, you can find me on Twitter at Shaw's Law Podcast. Same with Instagram. Uh, it's also the Shaw's Law Podcast everywhere. I love talking hoops, but I've also discovered that I really enjoy like sit down interviews with people. I'd love for you guys to check out my latest one with Brian Moore. He is a division one college player that uh, went, that's going to Murray state. Murray state has obviously produced a fair amount of NBA players recently, most notably John Morant, but don't forget Isaiah Cannon, uh, Cameron Payne. And I got to sit down. We talked over zoom and it was just awesome. So I'm looking to do more interviews with people within the game, but I'll always love to podcast and just talk. Right. So please give it a follow, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, uh, yeah, Shala, I'm, uh, his NBA. Like if you like general NBA stuff, um, uh, like uh, most of my fans are fans. Most people who listen, they're not fans. Most people who listen to my podcast, uh, most of Logan's family who listens, um, <laughs> um, uh, they're big jazz fans, and so that that's what we do here. But yeah, you know, it's good to always like hear outside perspectives. You know, outside the Utah, you know, whatever fandom bubble that you're in. So, um, uh, go so go and also give a five star review, not only to our podcast but to his podcast. Five star reviews on Apple Podcasts really drive. Um, uh, what Apple likes to look at there. So five star reviews. Um, and real, we, we still have a little bit of time here. Um, have you seen the new Dragon Ball superhero movie? No, I saw. I so the trailer for it played yesterday when I took my uh, son to the movies, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, we gotta see this. But like, we've been, like, we've been pretty locked in. We did, um, we did Tekken Bloodline over the weekend. Okay. On Netflix. Okay. That's it's based on Tekken. It's the right, anime right. style. It's good, but like a super sleeper, bro. Pacific Rim into the black. There's a Pacific Rim anime, bro. It's so <laughs> good. It, it it's so good that I don't know if I sent the tweet out, but right. I had the urge to tweet Netflix. Yo, cut the bullshit. Stop ordering seven episode seasons. Pacific Rim, like Pacific Rim, was one of those movies that I, I I like dumb action movies. Like, yeah, I'll go in for it. But then I got there, like, oh my god, this is yes, fuck, this is this is what I want. Yes, it's on Netflix. Pacific Rim, all right. uh, No, Pacific Rim into the black. Um, it's two seasons. It doesn't look like it's coming back for a third. But tied the bow on it nicely. Okay, They, they, they tied the bow on it nicely, and. It also doesn't sound like they're completely out of the Pacific Rim business. It sounds like they might just be telling different stories. So we'll no longer be following this family. But man, that was good. It's 13 episodes. You should check it out. It's awesome. All right. Uh, and and so New York Comic Con is coming to you in October. Are you a big Comic Con goer? Um, I've, I, I took my kids once. We had a really great yeah. time. And then COVID hit the next year and we haven't been back. But right. I think we will. 
Like New York Comic Cons are like there's there's you know there's obviously obviously San Diego. San Diego is like the holy grail of Comic Cons. Here in Salt Lake, we have a, a pretty decent one. Like it's it's not a small it's not a small one. It's a, a Salt Lake Fan X. It used to be called Salt Lake Comic Con, but like that's I, mean, I go to it's in my backyard. So okay. I've gone every year. It's been here. So it, it's just like it's 20 minutes away. Like. Of course, I'm going to go, and it sucks now that I have a job that I work weekends, so I can't go all three days anymore. But you know, you know, you got to sacrifice, right, to to make the, the paper, make the paper. Um, but New York Comic Con is probably the second most famous Comic Cons in America, I would say. Um, that's that's a big one. Dragon Con in Atlanta is another one. So uh, I do love cons. I would love to go to more, and maybe one day I'll just be, you know, I'll, I'll hit it rich. I can just go to Comic Cons without working, you know. <laughs> so fun. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, so uh, if we ever do a Geek Gods op- episode, like, what is your? Are you an like? What do you think your nerd expertise? The Harry is? Potter and Pokemon. Harry Potter. Pokemon. I mean, you do have you, uh, you your your Twitter like name is Harry Potter as a yes. podcaster, so I thought it was pretty. Good. Pokemon. Okay, cool. Yeah, like Harry um, uh, Potter and Pokemon, but like I can go Marvel. I'll go DC, but like those are where like um, oh, I, I'd, I'd live for a Harry Potter Pokemon combo. <laughs> I've been I've been eating so many Happy Meals to try to get the McDonald's Pokemon cards. I, I think my heart can't take them anymore. And uh, like, like size, uh, yeah, super size, super size me, um, uh, super size me with um, uh, Pokemon cards. Uh, but yeah, so I'm a great again. Rob Shaw, Shaw Shaw's Law Pod uh, podcast, Shaw's Law Podcast, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Again, General NBA. He like you and me. I I, I like I want to I have too many podcasts but i've always wanted a podcast where, where it's like you know explain it to me like i'm five where i just have questions you're an expert just explain it to me like i'm five you know and so um uh yeah um i'm glad to have thanks for taking an hour and 15 minutes now of your time oh it was a great um, time. talking the jazz and talking new york knicks and stuff so uh, again give him a follow and um you guys guys thanks for joining us uh i don't know when i'll get together with logan and jared again i hate those guys but um uh, <laughs> we'll get together again uh Marne, and you, you can listen to that podcast uh and we'll see you guys next time 